Yeah. And uh, as soon as Crown came out, I was like, that like, that was like a game changer for me. Um, <laughs> super inspiring. It was a game changer for me too. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, super inspiring. Yeah. Just like everything from like the the wordsmithing that you did to like the illustrations. Um, just some, you, you did a, a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. It's about to get personal. 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 Just got personal. Gary and I just got personal. It's personal. My name is Derek Bourne. My name is Cornelius Minor. My name is Val Brown. This personal. is Nick Hi, I'm Donald Miller. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This Is Personal. And today I am super excited. You know, I always say I'm excited. Every episode I say I'm excited. But today <laughs> I am, like, over the moon excited. I have someone here to talk with us today that I've um, known about for a long time, but his books have been a game changer for me. Um, introduce yourself, your name, where you're from. All right, what's up, y'all? Uh, my name is Derek Barnes. I reside in Charlotte, North Carolina with my beautiful wife, Dr. Tinker Barnes, and my four amazing sons, uh, most notably uh, the, uh, the major award-winning picture book that came out in October 2017, entitled Crown, and Ode to the Fresh Cut. Crown, and Ode to the Fresh Cut, 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 And I, again, it's one of those books that were definitely, I think not just for me, but for any kid who grew up in, I guess, and not, I wouldn't say any kid that grew up in a black neighborhood. It's not just about that, but I think specifically um, for those kids who know exactly what it feels like to go in that barbershop and like, just get it done. It is, I mean, if you haven't read it, I don't know where you've been <laughs> or what you've been doing, um, but I'll make sure he, uh, Derek lets us know where we can find that book at the end of the show. Um, so what, what's like, how's it going? What's been going on? Man, uh, I've been I've been writing uh, pretty much all my life, but uh, I've been published since 2004. Mm -hmm. uh, I have uh, the time, Crown was my ninth title. So uh, I had a, a couple books out before then. My first books came out in 2004. Uh, they were early reader books. Uh, they had a young adult novel entitled The Making of Dr. True Love, published by Simon Schuster. Um, we Could Be Brothers was published by Scholastic in 2010. And then Ruby and the Booker Boy series also published uh, by Scholastic was a chapter book series, but uh, nothing big. I hadn't won any awards, you know, yet. And uh, 2016, man, I was just uh, struggling. You know, it was, uh, I was underneath the valley. You know, when people talk about they, they go through the valley, I was beneath the valley. It was, wow. it was tough, man. Um, wow. Just working a lot of odd jobs and uh, just trying to raise my family, but I never did give up writing. You know, I, I worked and I wrote manuscripts like I had an actual deadline. Nobody wanted to publish anything with me since 2010. That was the last book that came out for Crown. But uh, I, I wrote a poem about a middle school boy uh, going to the barbershop and getting his hair done. And uh, it just changed my life, man. Um, mm -hmm. A friend of mine, Denise Milner, she is the uh, uh, publisher of Crown. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She wrote the Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man 
Oh, wow. By um, Steve Harvey. Uh-huh. And um, so when she landed her imprint deal, she gave me a call and asked me if I had been working on anything. Yeah. And uh, I told her I had just finished a poem called Crown and it would probably make a great picture book. And uh, that's how it happened, man. So, that's crazy. Uh, the book has just changed my life. It's been nuts. You know, I've been traveling all over the country, doing a lot of school visits. I've signed like maybe six, seven book deals. Got a lot of new projects coming out over the next two or three years. And uh, man, my whole world's been turned upside down, but in a uh, great way, obviously. So. That's amazing. That's amazing. And the first thing I think about is um, what made you, because everyone goes through tough, tough times. And I, I tend to look at it as you have a choice. Like you can continue to push through. You can seek advice. You can give up. You can settle. Um, what were the reasons for you to continue to go? Because as an author, I hear the stories like it's hard, like just to break through or to have that, yeah. that, that momentum of not just being known, but having your work noticed and being appreciated. Um, what was, what made you continue to keep going, continue to write? Personal, 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 personal. Man, it, you know, really, um, it's my family, man. You know, uh, raising four black boys in America. You know, I know I'm the primary example of what a man should be. Mm -hmm. and, uh, as far as far as all these boys, uh, you know, could remember, they've been seeing me work on books, mm -hmm. and work on uh, books for poetry and you know novels and uh i just couldn't allow them to see me give up and i know that uh i have a, i had a much greater purpose than than uh just what was happening you know what i mean man I, I mean if if you name it between 2004 and 2016 i probably did it if it was legal to bring money into my house man mm -hmm. and so i mean I, I i gained i gained a lot and i learned a lot about myself as a provider and the head of the family but you know it's like i said before man i i just you know writing is similar to i know people say this all the time similar to a breathing for me man i just i couldn't stop writing i wasn't going to give up on myself and i woke up every morning thinking about um something good was going to happen to me man. every single day even when i felt extremely low i knew something good was going to happen to me that day and i, I just prayed to be of use to somebody every single day. Uh, and um, I found three things to feel positive about. And those are the things that kept me going, man, you know? So I just kept plugging along. Mm -hmm. And uh, I crown, crown, just, crown just happened, man. And uh, it, like I said, it's, it's changed my life in, in a, a multitude of ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Financially. Some, <laughs> over, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. So, yeah that's amazing so would you say part of that like mindset comes from like i'd say mom dad grandma or like where does that mindset come from for you i, I think i think um you know most definitely it, it it comes it comes from family i was raised in a single parent household my mother um barely graduated from high school she got her cna uh, certification to be a nurse. Always be, you will always be the girl in my life for all time. Mama.
certification to be a nurse and as far as I can remember you know my mom worked man she worked her butt off sometimes working two and three jobs but you know that's that's just a black experience and I, I know you said you're from Canada but that's just a black experience all over the world you know we are resilient people you know and uh, I don't know if, you, if, 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 if I can pass along anything not only to my sons but just to any young people Every single school visit that I go to is just never give up on your, on yourself. You know, we all have a story to tell. Um, we all have a voice, you know, to share with the world. And um, I was getting up there in age, man. When I turned 40, I'm 43 now. I was I was starting to question everything. Like, man, what what's going to happen to my life, man? You know, mm -hmm. like, I, I would go to interview for jobs, Gary, and the only thing on my resume was Ruby and the Booker Boys. And mm -hmm. I worked at Hallmark Cars like a gazillion years ago. Mm -hmm. And they would be entertaining interviews. They would last sometimes an hour, but I knew I wasn't gonna get the job because I, I don't have any work experience. So when I turned 40, I was starting to say, oh man, what's, what's going on here, man? You know, one of these books have to hit pretty soon, but mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I, 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 I just kept believing, man. Personal, 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 Wow, wow. I, I love, I love hearing those stories because that's what it's all about. I, I am a strong, I'm an optimist and I strongly believe that like if you have your mind set on something, and even if it doesn't turn out exactly how you want it to, something good's going to come out of it. Like you, okay. I, I, I like strongly believe in that. Um, so hearing that story is just like amazing because I just saw the books, like I didn't know the person. So, and being a Ruby was like one of those books that we would consistently see in the library, kids would grab off the shelf. Like we just did a book order um, this year for my classroom and Ruby was one of the first books that were on the list. Um, but like, you don't know what that person or that author is actually going through until you actually hear struggle. the conversation. Yeah, the struggle was yeah. real. Um, you know you do, yeah, you, the struggle is real. <laughs> Is your, what did your schooling look like? Were you always um, someone who was into poetry or writing at a young age, or did it kind of pick it up a little bit later? Well, you know, just being raised in an American public school system in an urban environment, uh, not being exposed to a lot, but I've always been a, uh, an avid learner. Um, I love to research. Um, and uh, I think in second or third grade, I was placed in this gifted and talented program. And uh, I went to a different school almost every single year up until my freshman year in high school, which allowed me to travel uh, across the state and go to school in different areas. Um, graduated um, and rode in Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, majored in marketing and landed my BA in marketing. 
which I, I've never really got a chance to use. I guess I have used it when, you know, promote my books and whatnot. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm a uh, lifelong learner, you know? Um, hopefully that never ends. Mm -hmm. It's about the, the genealogy of things and mm -hmm. how, how things begin, and especially it relates to you know, human beings and how we yeah. interact with each other, which, um, you know, helps when you are crafting stories and creating characters and whatnot. So, mm -hmm. so what you, you talked a little bit earlier about living in a single parent home. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like how, what did that look like for you? And did you have, do you have siblings? I can't remember if you said, I think you said you have two siblings. I have, yes. Uh, my brother, Anthony, man, we're like night and day. He was like my father figure. He's seven years older than I am. Um, great example uh, we we like night we like polar opposites i'm really laid back mm -hmm. i'm the guy that's in the uh, club that's up against the wall and having a <laughs> conversation he's a dude that walks in with the cigar and everybody knows the name so he's he's always been a hero and a protector for me and mm -hmm. like i said my mom worked a lot uh, i remember her being off on thursdays and taking us she got paid on Every other Thursday, she would take us to dinner. I mean, she did, my mom did the best with what she had raising two black men in America. Man. Mm -hmm. So uh, we both ended up being college graduates, some of the first in our family. And uh, I, I, you know, all in all, I feel like I had a pretty good childhood. You know, we had uncles. Um, my father would come around, um, birthdays, Christmas, but, um, I was fortunate to have some positive male influences in my life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in particular, uh, you know, my brother. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. I think brother, something about brothers, right? Um, yeah. I, I have a sister, but I have cousins who I'm like also very close with who have brothers, and mm -hmm. I know that just that bond, right? You you yeah. have moments where you want to kill each other, but. <laughs> <laughs> all those moments kind of balance out with like just like that love and that care and like you genuinely want to see them do well and you're genuinely yeah. there all the time when they need yeah. you um just something about brothers um can you talk a little bit more about mom like she just seems like this something about black moms like <laughs> honestly just strong Man. Man, i tell people all the time nobody nobody's ever gonna love you you know, the way your mother does. My mother was actually, it was really the first fan of my writing, you know? Of course. Um, she's the first fan of my writing. I, 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 was, I started reading at a very early age and, and she would walk me to the, the public library, which wasn't that far from our house. And, um, you know, just encouraged me to constantly read. And uh, I remember showing her some of my first writings and, uh, you know, she helped me create my own little office. I, I would tie a a flashlight with a shoestring and hang it in the <laughs> closet. And I put pillows in there and she helped me build that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, my mom was just, just my number one fan. I'm, I am her number one fan, man. Mm -hmm. She's just a you know, country girl from Clarksdale, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, made it out, um, you know, during the whole migration of us from the South. Mm -hmm. uh, in the 50s and 60s and moved from, we moved from Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee to Chicago, St. Louis, and we ended up in Kansas City, man, so. Wow, wow. 
get personal, personal, personal. Yeah. So what, besides writing, because writing and I guess literacy and po- poetry is something you obviously enjoy. Um, what else do you like to do? Like what else are some of your interests or hobbies? I'm, I'm, I'm a big, um, a big art collector, um, music, music collector. Um, I exercise, like I said, I have four sons and they're all active. They're all athletes, they track and field, football. Um, so I work out, my wife is a workout demon. She does West African dance. So I have to, I have to stay in shape, you uh-huh. know, <laughs> keep up with everybody in the house. But uh-huh. I, I'm just a real chill, laid back person, man. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just um, really into the arts, mm-hmm. uh, going out, just enjoying it. You know, live music, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of guys. Very private person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, one of the things that caught me off guard, I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting this um, this high demand, you know, once once Crown came out. Mm-hmm. And I consider it a extreme blessing. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to come up with somebody that's uh, inconsiderate, but uh, I'm one of those homebodies. And I think I... I, I think I got so accustomed to being at home and being available for my sons that uh, I really don't like to be away too much. Like when I go out and do school visits, I don't like to be away for more than a day and a half, two days at the most. Uh, leave my wife at home with four boys. You can imagine the chaos sometimes when I <laughs> home. But I, I'm just um, I'm just not a person that's really big on travel. I like to travel, you know, leisurely, but. Um, you know, like I said, I consider it a extreme blessing, man, that anybody invites me anywhere to come and speak and to, uh, you know, present my work. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am very much a homebody. Mm-hmm. What are some, where have you, uh, I'm assuming all over America, like what, where, where have you done some of your uh, your talks? Well, I've been, I've been at home, I I was going from 20 February and, uh, in November, but I've been at home, which is great because I'm working on three books right now, and it's really hard. It's really hard for me to, you know, write on the road, uh, as I do so much ripping and running when I'm here. So when I get in the hotel, there's nobody tugging at me, nobody calling my name. Mm-hmm. I intend to type. I always end up getting a nice meal and falling asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, starting at the end of the month, I'm going to going to Philly, going back to Kansas City, um, going to Seattle, um, Minneapolis, and just a whole bunch of dates, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, That's I, good I, though, I, right? I guess yeah, yeah, it's, it's, great, it's tricky man. because again, I think it, you're being so used to, your, your norm was being home and relaxing and working at home, but I think mm-hmm. change, Change is good. Like it's change is change is right? excellent. Yeah. yeah, change is good. It pushes us. It encourages us. It drives us to do more. Um, and I think even just for me hearing it, and I'm assuming it's the same thing for like people in your family or people in your circle. Like to see you pushing so hard, like it's motivation, right? That's one of the that's one of the slogans in this household, man. There are no off days, man. Yeah, if I could yeah. on t-shirts, I would, man. Just trying to <laughs> just trying to create. Um, good habits you know what i mean i talked about before just trying to be a good example like you know none of my boys want to grow up to be artists but it's not about that so much it's just about 
them seeing my work ethic and how hard I go. And, and, and mostly because I talked about this this morning, you know, one of these days they will be fathers and husbands and uh, there can't be any let up when you're the head of a household, man. You have to continue to grind. So uh, I just try to, you know, I try to set that example for them. And I have a lot of things I want to accomplish um, mm -hmm. in this business. So mm -hmm. let's keep on pushing, man. You have to. You have to. Yeah. So I have to ask you, what does it feel like to be in a, a Black author? I think right now, for me, looking at some of the books that I read, like I honestly, like I've always been a picture book person. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I always, you know, I don't consider myself somebody that has made it. And um, I, I just, you know, I, I want to always be a, uh, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's making yourself available. I always try to promote the work of my friends that may be artists or, you know, um, business owners or, you know, this man, you know, I, I'm, a true believer in those things you put out into the world um, always end up coming back to you, man, and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being sincere about it, you know? Mm -hmm. so. so is there, do you feel anything being, again, I went off track a little bit, like I do notice now there's a lot of Black authors, whether that's in like YA novels, even picture books, um, and that are doing like amazing work and also tackling some like really important issues showing that black culture is important, the beauty of it, et cetera. Um, do you feel anything being within that, I guess, circle? Um, man, man, things have changed so much from the time when I entered the industry in 2004. Um, there wasn't a lot of black editors at, at large uh, publishing houses. And, um, you know, all the work that, that was coming out either centered around an urban environment or it was historical um, nonfiction or historical fiction, mostly centered around civil rights or slavery. Mm -hmm. And those were the books that were actually, you know, you know, winning awards. I don't know when the shift occurred, but it did. And maybe in the mid 2000s or the, or the uh, late 2000s, you know, with authors like I guess Jacqueline Woodson, mm -hmm. um, Kwame Alexander, um, mm -hmm. you know, those different kind of writers. But, you know, black books, you know, I, I, I made a vow. Sheesh, that was personal. And I know every book has its place, but I, I made a vow to never write these, which, you, you, you know, one of my brothers uh, called them slavey books. <laughs> You know, there's more, I mean, we have so many stories to tell um, um, other than, you know, civil rights tales and um, these honorable, noble images of us um, mm -hmm. and slavery and whatnot. So I always want to write empowering um, stories that inspire children. And if I write a historical nonfiction books, which I am working on a couple right now, they're going to be revolutionary, Mm -hmm. Black folks that fought the system, fought back, mm -hmm. you know, really were a, uh, an inspiration to the people, man. So, mm -hmm. uh, man, things have changed so much, man. I remember also Black books or books that feature Black children, you know, the faces used to be shaded or they used to have, you know, the uh, back of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these covers are beautiful, man. And I think, I think Gordon, so much, you know, 
you know, for creating the cover of Crown, which I think that's one of the things that, you know, that drew people in. But like even less than five to 10 years ago, you wouldn't have seen a cover like Crown, you know? Because uh, I, I, I really do believe, you know, from a business aspect, you know, the uh, the core consumer is still, um, in this country, you know, when you talk about children's books, I think they still believe, and you know, things have changed a little bit too, but I think they believe that the the core consumer is a white woman uh, in her late 20s to her early 40s, maybe two and a half children. And we consume, whether it be television, film, books, we consume images that look like us. Mm-hmm. So I think they thought from a financial standpoint, it would be uh, it would be detrimental to have these images on the cover. Uh, not giving any kind of credence to the fact that everyone wants to see themselves, right? Everyone wants to see them. Everybody wants to see themselves in the books that they read, mm-hmm. the films that we. I mean, Black Panther is still selling out theaters. You know what I mean? You know we we want to see ourselves, not. Um, and it just—it feels like I'm in a renaissance right now. You know, there there are a lot of beautiful black young adult middle grade picture books from you know black authors and black you know illustrators, and I feel like I'm um, part of that renaissance, man. I'm just so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. You know? You are. You definitely are. Um, Being able Mm -hmm. to connect with you, talk to you online. um, I feel like a lot of authors that look like me, um, I think they, I just think they get it. Like um, there's been very few of them that have not messaged back or have not shown through whatever way, whether that's through Instagram, Twitter, just through the books that they're writing that they get it, like that they are truly trying to show, like you said, themselves through the books that they are writing. So other people, kids out there can see the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. We talk about mirrors so much in the classroom and how students need to have mirrors of themselves in the books that they're reading. Um, And I do think um, there's this wave of books um, that I didn't see growing up. that look like me, but they're coming now. I, I, whether it's through picture books, through it's the YA novels or whatever, um, it's definitely coming and it's amazing to watch, watch it all happen. Like I said, I, I think, I think, I think the shift happened because most of the editors in this industry are, you know, women and they are not, you know, women of color, but, you know, I call it the, uh, the Tyler Perry effect, you know, <laughs> what, opinions are of his of his films I think he showed the American film industry that uh, if you have a target audience and um, you know how to reach that audience you can make a lot of money and yeah. so I think I think it happened in, in the uh, in the publishing industry as well you know mm-hmm. so um, you know when I was going through my tough times man I, I remember working on working on manuscripts that I thought the editors would be more attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I kind of steered away from my primary mission 
which I always promise, promise myself, if I'm going to continue to, you know, to write, I'm going to write for black, write for black children, write for black children, write for black, black children, black children, black children, black children, black children, black children, I'm going to write for black children, children, write for black children, I'm going to write for black children. I'm going to write books that really uplift black children, and I kind of got away from that, but you know, um, when I was going through that 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 period, when I was being you know super optimistic and, and you know just trying to find my purpose, I I just I kind of said screw it, man. If I'm going to continue to tell our stories, and if they get published, they get published. If they don't, they just don't. And 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 that's when Crown happened, you know. So we have to be true to ourselves as an artist, no matter what you do for a living, whether you. Um, do macrame or you dance or you make music be true to yourself and um understand you know the power that we have as an influencer you know as artists mm -hmm. uh, i think artists have a, a huge obligation you know to especially in the children's book industry man and i i, I want to create things that children keep with them uh, books that they want to travel with books that they want to hold on to, you know, to hopefully one day, you know, share with their children. Mm -hmm. And as a black artist, you really have an obligation to, to create something that um, kids can carry with them, you know, as, as, as like a light or a torch, mm -hmm. to make them feel good about themselves, man. Mm -hmm. I take that serious. I take my, uh, I take my catalog serious. You know, when I'm, when I'm an old scribe in my 70s and 80s, I want to look back at my catalog and, and say that I, I really tried to say something and I really tried to, you know, provide the world with something positive, man, you know? Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. That's what you do. And, I, and the part I love the most about all of these books that I'm seeing, that they like sound like me or like, they don't like, there's the like words or the way the it's wordsmith, like it's not just like, any old person talking like it's yeah. like sounds like my friend next door or yeah. someone that looks like me it's not just that normal um what you see in every other book so that's one of the things i appreciate the most like yeah. the inside jokes what it really looks like in the barbershop what it really looks like in your neighborhood when you're talking to grandma when she's like all that stuff it just really comes to life because you never, you never really get to hear that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. This, this was, this was my first time writing a book with Crown, where I felt free. You know, the uh, editor, like I said, the name, um, she has a African American son. This is a small imprint, and her main mission for her imprint was to create books for black children mm -hmm. that did not have them in the ghetto. They weren't playing basketball. She wanted to create a imprint where the children were. Um, you know, in fantasies, they, if, if, if it was a slice of life book, they were just regular children. Mm -hmm. And so I, I appreciated that. And when I got the, uh, edits back, man, it was the first time I remember getting edits back and it wasn't all marked up. Like she got it. She got the language. Like she knew when I said, um, shout out to my do-rag mm -hmm. and patience. You know, when you talk about getting getting waves, every black man in America know what it's like to buy that 
uh, brush and get that get that grease and put a do rag on. We mm -hmm. know, but I, I I can't tell you how many times. I mean, Crown was not shopped around. Uh, she was the only one that got that manuscript. But if I had shopped Crown around, I would have got so many questions about some what of the, yeah. the content. Yeah, yeah. What is that? But mm -hmm. you know, she got it, and I think that's one of the reasons why the book did so well is because mm -hmm. of the, uh, the authenticity of it. You know, mm -hmm. the language and everything. Mm -hmm. and, you know, not a slang. Ebonics kind of way, but we talk about the the inner workings and the inner culture of being black mm -hmm. in America, being a black male in America, and just talking about how strong and beautiful our sons are, you know, those kind of things. But you have to have a vested interest in order to write stories uh, about, you know, black America. I obviously, I have a vested interest. I used to be a black boy. I have, I'm raising black boys, but mm -hmm. you know, in light of all the you know negativity, all these um, police shootings, I would say that's been happening over the past five, six years. But it's always been happening mm -hmm. in America. But mm -hmm. it, you know, going back to what I was saying about our obligation as a black artist, I feel like I have an obligation to counter all those negative images and all those negative occurrences. Uh, because there are children who, or there are black boys who don't have fathers, who don't have uncles, and they don't know how to view themselves in a positive light. So we have to make sure that we uh, are mindful of the artwork that we're putting out. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, the last question was going to be like, what do you see your, and you've, you've touched on this already. I don't want to, I, I guess like legacy or influence on the world being but you've kind of already hit that like you want you want to be you want to influence and and help and encourage and i think even even though i think it's going to encourage all those black kids who pick up those books um just like your story alone is going to help just so many people in general um because i often hear the story of the struggling author or um the how how hard it is and and people stop. People say, oh, I used to be an author, but like now I'm not anymore because, you know, like they either gave up or they didn't get um, anyone to kind of latch onto their books or whatever the case may be. But that story alone, just you hear, hearing you say, like, I didn't give up. And then the result of that is Crown. And then all these other yeah. things that came with it, like, that's just a, a, an amazing story. But I'm going to ask anyway, what, what would yeah. you want? <laughs> what would you want your legacy or your message to be? Um, to anyone out there who's listening, what would that message be? Well, you know, as a, as an educator, you know, a couple of the jobs I had, um, I was I was a substitute teacher for a long time. I worked outreach for the Kansas City Public Library, where we went out every day and did story time at daycare centers, uh, at uh, the juvenile detention centers, and when you are working for and not just with children, but when you're working for children, sometimes your voice is, um, you know, can be the most positive voice from an adult that they hear all day. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I got. You know, at first I was, I was just kind of down on myself because here I am substitute teaching. I have a bachelor's degree in marketing. I'm substitute teaching. I'm working outreach at this library. But mm -hmm. man, I had, a, I had the opportunity. God put me in the space where I can be interacting with children on a daily basis. And I was very conscious of the influence that I had on them. So I, I, I'm very mindful of that every time I sit down at this computer. 
that if if a, if a child only opens a book, if they open only open one book throughout the whole year and it's one of my books, I want to make sure that I put something in there that makes them feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Same the same way I did when um, I'm substitute teaching when I did outreach. Um, those children look forward to you coming. Like your students, I'm sure they love to see you coming through that door in the morning, man, because you have a certain energy about yourself, man. You know, it's positive. And you just don't know the situation that a lot of these kids are facing, you know, when they're at home. So I want to be that light and I want to create that light, you know, um, that could possibly change a kid's life. You know what I mean? It's amazing. And I think you're doing it, honestly. I, I truly, yeah. I think Crown yeah, is- so are you. Thank I, you. I really appreciate, I really appreciate what you're doing. And when I was a, a teenager in my late teens, I used to wonder why cats like, uh, uh, you know, these um, these black educators will go teach at Harvard, Princeton. Well, you know, how come they don't go to Howard? Or, you know, mm-hmm. How come they're not at Clark? But mm-hmm. you are so needed. Mm. You are so needed in the in the uh, spaces that you're in right now, you know, mm-hmm. um, for a multitude of reasons. And uh, I'm sure your students love you, man. And I appreciate you and I appreciate all the educators all over the planet, especially Thank black you. male teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, male, male educators, female educators of color, I think they definitely, they definitely have a lot of power in a sense for showing their, um, importance in the classroom um but i think there's definitely some ways to go as well i think right we need to to push and move forward and talk about those issues and stuff um but it's coming we're gonna get there yeah Yeah, we're gonna get there Derek, I want to thank you. I know I definitely took you way over the time. Um, Sorry, I, man. I'm, I, I'm, I'm working on a book right now. I'm, I'm about to turn in half of it because my agent has been bugging me all day. And then I'm headed to the gym. So Look at you. Busy day, man. That's right. <laughs> Busy day. There are no off days. No, no off days. <laughs> right. <laughs> my name is Derek Barnes, and I am the author of Crown, an Ode to the Fresh Cut. Yeah, yeah. Derek, thank you so much again. You, um, again, inspiration. I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you a friend now. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt.